Welcome to the Lion's Den University Report. This program brings you a behind-the-scenes look at the spiritual life on today's university and college campuses. Now here's your host, Glenn Bailey. Most of our universities were started uh, with uh, Christian values and uh, to promote the Christian faith and train Christian leaders. We don't find that today, and that's why we call our, our listeners to join us in prayer for revival on our campuses. They're a crucial, strategic place in society. And uh, today, though, we return to uh, our home base, you might say, in uh, State College, Pennsylvania, at Penn State University. And uh, what a pleasure it is to uh, do this interview. Uh, my guest uh, was in the campus church when I was the pastor of the Alliance Christian Fellowship here at Penn State between uh, 1985 and 92. And so we're both a lot older <laughs> than we were then. Uh, but uh, he was a college student then. And uh, Eric Gramling is now a, a uh, chaplain major in the United States Army and uh, uh, serving and here visiting uh, Penn State as a part of his uh, duties uh, in the Army. And Eric Grambling, well, welcome to our program today. Oh, thank you, Glenn. It is uh, a real privilege to be here, and uh, I just have uh, excitement to share what God is doing, uh, the privilege I have to be a chaplain in the Army. And I'll be speaking from my personal experience on that, certainly not speaking for the Army, but I'm glad to be here and testify what uh, the Lord is doing. Right. Okay. And we do have a history of chaplaincy in our military. Yes. And it goes back to the start of back our— Back to George uh, Washington, 1775, and it even predates the Constitution. All right. And you were a Penn State student, graduated yes. here. And, uh, yes. Graduated in 1981. So I was here 87 to 81, 91. I graduated, I uh, was here from 87 to 91. That's right. Right. Okay. And you were president of the campus ministry. And yes. you built uh, some of your foundations, I think, of Absolutely. your Christian faith while you were here and then went on uh, to seminary and uh, ministry training and the pastorate for a while. Yeah, for eight years. And then... The Army, the, the Lord brought the whole Army chaplaincy into my uh, life and starting around the year 2001. Great. And so uh, how long have you been a chaplain now? By the time I came in, I came in in January 2004, so I just hit my 14-year mark. Excellent. Just Excellent. like that. Right. Okay. And as I, we've been, uh, haven't seen each other a lot over the years, but I'm on your email list and my, you're on my, my mailing team. list. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. so we've been in contact that way. And it's exciting to uh, get your emails and hear about your opportunities to serve the Lord uh, as a military chaplain. Uh, you really are on the front lines and get to talk to a lot of people who uh, are uh, in need of gospel ministry that you Amen. might not see darken the doors of a church necessarily. That's right. That's right, Glenn. And, and the average age of most soldiers is college-age students, you know, 18 to 26. So in some ways, it reminds me of campus ministry. Right. Okay. And actually, your current assignment uh, focuses on the campuses, uh, at least a, a good segment of it, doesn't it? That's right, because I'm part of Cadet Command, which is out of Fort Knox. But Cadet Command o uh, oversees all the ROTC programs all over the continental United States, as well as places like Guam and Puerto Rico, it's amazing the footprint. It's like 274 schools plus all the little feeder schools. So it's a huge program. Right. Okay. And so a student in ROTC, Reserve Officers Training Corps, is that correct. the That's uh, right. Very good. The yep. Correct. And I'm, I'm just meeting. with the Army, but of course the Navy and Air Force have theirs, but I'm focused with the Army's 
mission. Right, and we're doing this interview in Wagner Hall on the Penn State campus where uh, they have the ROTC program's headquarters uh, Correct. here. And I remember uh, my recollection of ROTC uh, goes back to my time at Berkeley when I was a student there in uh, 1969 and in the anti-war years, and uh, I was with the Christian World Liberation Front. And the ROTC buildings were targets in those days. Yes, and, I've heard uh, about that. Yeah. So uh, before one of the riots at the ROTC building at Berkeley, uh, the Christian World Liberation Front, uh, somebody came up with the idea painting a banner and it said all have sinned and need Jesus and had one side arrow to the people and the other side to the police <laughs> and and the group uh, held the banner up uh, in between the two groups until the rocks started flying and the club started <laughs> swinging in that wow. uh, episode so and I, that's why I think of that as almost a different universe yeah. uh, but uh, you're here uh, and ROTC is uh, seemingly respected now on most of the campuses yes yes I, I, I there are some and I've traveled around there were some universities that that love the program more than others. Okay. <laughs> and you can tell by what kind of buildings they have, what kind of facilities, and how they support. But many, many universities really uh, support the ROTC program very well. Right, okay. And as a chaplain then, uh, maybe explain what your involvement is coming to these uh, ROTC programs. What, uh, what are you doing, for example, here at, uh, at Penn State this week? So one of the things I get to do in my current position is uh, do school visits. And so I come to Penn State and I visit the cadre. Those are the active duty or guard or even reservists who are, are serving full time. And their job is to teach the ROTC program. But since I'm here, I always look for opportunities to talk to cadets. And so the way I look at it is it's a chance to influence the future second lieutenants of the Army. And so I like to give them a piece on who chaplains are, what we do, why we're in the, the military, because some of the separation of church and state rhetoric we have seems pretty strange. You're a guy standing with a cross on his chest and getting paid by the federal government. And I'm talking about God. Well, the reality is our Constitution ensures the free exercise of religion. And then also I, I like to use it as a chance to challenge these young men and women to think about the big questions of life. You know, who am I? Why am I here? And where do I go when I die? And I usually joke with them and say, I always pick the oldest cadre in the room and say, how long have you been in the Army? 20 years. Have you ever read anywhere? What happens to you when you die in any Army manual? And they'll say, of course, no. Right. And we'll laugh. <laughs> and I'll say, you got to look somewhere else. And so in that context, my hope is I do share pieces of my faith tradition as a Christian. Right. But in doing so, I'm hoping that they leave thinking, you know, I don't have any good answers, and I need to find some. Maybe that chaplain has the answers, or maybe that kid next to me who goes to campus fellowship, maybe I can go with them and find out. So that's my hope and my prayer, and I trust the Lord to take what I can say right. and to use it for good for eternity in the lives of these men and women. Okay, and so uh, you're coming representing the chaplaincy or representing the ROTC uh, I'm, I'm, leadership um, in general? I'm, I'm, I'm an A-chaplain, so when I come, I'm representing... Um, I'm just being a chaplain to them. Maybe that's a good way to put it. So, But I do want them to understand what chaplains do because right. as officers, it's their ultimate responsibility to ensure to make sure their soldiers under them have the ability to freely exercise their faith as the Constitution uh, ascribes. And so the chaplain's job is to, to help make sure that's happening right. under, under the leaders, people who are over me, uh, 
who I'm under authority. Great. Okay. And uh, even as you shared, uh, I had the privilege of sitting in on your yes, uh, I'm glad you could talks, come today. Yeah, uh, here with the cadets, and you know, maybe uh, 25 to 40 in in the different rooms that you're at, and you're doing Army and Air Force uh, today here. That's yeah, that was an, an extra blessing. I didn't expect to be talking to Air Force cadets, but uh, the Lord through a divine appointment, made that happen. So I'm excited to do that as okay. well. Okay. And so uh, let's go through that justification of why, uh, you know, you can be a government employee in essence and uh, yet be promoting the Christian faith. Yes. And, and so certainly I would say I promote the Christian faith as a Christian chaplain, but my legal reason to be in the Army is to provide for the free exercise of religion. And so even as a Christian chaplain, my job is to make sure Jewish soldiers can practice their faith and Islamic soldiers can practice their faith. And so I, can prov- I can't perform for them. I can't do a, a Catholic mass. I cannot do a Islamic prayer service, of course, nor would I want to because that's not my faith tradition. But my job, because the Constitution says you have a freedom if you desire to practice your faith, my job is to, to, to enable that, whether it's space or materials or other types of things like that. Or preferably, but it's not always available, is to find a chaplain of that faith group who can come in and provide that faith-specific faith, that faith uh, specific service for that. Right, yeah. okay. And so- but, but in that process, Glenn, by all means, I am who I am, and I can talk about Christ, and I can talk about what he's done in my life, and I have found the Army a wonderful place to share my faith in appropriate ways with people who want to listen, and it's really a joy. So I, I really enjoy the ministry. Great, great. And so you go to a lot of colleges now, is that and part of your responsibility? Unfortunately, I wish I could go to more, but um, my, my day job is to plan for the summer training because each year at Fort Knox, 10,000 young men and women cadets will rotate in and out of Fort Knox along with 5,000 cadre to go through what we call uh, cadet summer training. And, and my job is to ensure the religious support for all those 15,000 people. So that's mm-hmm. a lot of work. So unfortunately, a lot of my job is planning. So right. when I get out and get out, get a chance to go out and visit some schools, it's it's a refreshing change of pace. Okay. And I wish I could do more. So Great, great. And this week uh, you were at Pitt? Uh, yeah, this week. I, had, I came to do a cadet. Re- I, I came just to attend a cadet retreat that Officers Christian Fellowship was having down in Man's Choice. Since I'm here, I'm, I'm visited Indiana, uh, University of Indiana, Pennsylvania on Monday, then Pitt on Tuesday. Shippensburg got snowed out, but okay. and I'm here at Penn State on Thursday. All right, great. Well, we're we're happy that you came this way and that we were able to connect this time, and and uh, that you have such an opportunity and can point uh, people to the faith in in Jesus Christ, uh, which uh, again you said as the, the chaplaincy uh, started right when our military started, and uh, that's right. George Washington instituted the chaplaincy. And sure uh, Christianity is the faith that has uh, blessed our nation. And yet we do, uh, as you went through some of the ethic of the Army and uh, shared uh, how those are Christian values that uh, you feel like you have them held even deeper than than just from the military code. That's right. That's right. I mean, so much of what the Army has written to say, here's who we are, here's who we want you, here's what we want you to be as a leader is, you know, I read my Bible, it's like, it's the same values, you know? And so... My, my point in going around is to take that and then to say, if you're a man or woman of faith, exercise it. Let it help you be a better officer and a moral leader who makes good decisions and we don't have bad things happening as a part of our military. And what were some of the things in that uh, 
army ethic code that you shared that uh, parallel what well, the Bible teaches? I'd say the two that jumped at my head right away is to see all human beings with an intrinsic dignity and respect that we are worthy to give them. Now, of course, my Christian theology says because people are created in the image of God, that's the reason why we give them the dignity and right. respect. So, and even your enemies is what you Even your enemies. So, right. so even though in times of war, you know, I may, not me as a chaplain, but my army has to kill, we, we can still do it in a way that sees them as human beings and not as just evolutionary byproducts or just animals, right. which unfortunately happens a lot more. We, we degenerate the enemy so we can kill them easier. But that doesn't really help us then survive the battle. And so we want our soldiers to be able to do the mission, come home and live with themselves, and be able to go back to normal life. And that's hard to do if you've treated the enemy as an animal. Right. Okay. And so there's a lot of things. You do counseling while they're in the military, but Correct. you're also preparing them for life after the military that as too. well. Yeah. Or even just coming home from a deployment. Some soldiers come home, and they don't do very well at home because— and then the answer is, I want to go back downrange again. We saw that a lot during the busy warriors. Some people only wanted to be forward uh, on the front lines, but that's, you know, that's not healthy because that's right. not life. You know, that's a necessary thing that militaries have to do, but it shouldn't be our normal way of life. Right. And then you mentioned uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, the golden rule. They, yeah, one of the uh, Army ethics says, put others' needs above your own. Well, that's the golden rule right there. That's right. Okay, and so uh, and be willing to lay down your life, right? Well, I tell you what, my Savior laid down His life for me. So talk about having a foundation as a Christian. To me, wow, that's where I would go to be able to be able to do something like that, if indeed it right. was necessary for me to do so. Yeah, and then you said uh, also in being willing to lay down your life, uh, you challenged the cadets. You know, think about what is after uh, this life. I love and, asking that question. I love putting the big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And where do I go when I die? And I look at them and say, I joke and I say, I'm 48 and you're 18, but you're going to die someday. And I say, do you have answers? Right. And do right. they bring you peace and comfort? Because sometimes they have answers, but when mom or grandma dies, they, they realize their answers are empty. I don't want to think that way. And we're going to continue our conversation on our next edition of The Lion's Den. My guest has been Chaplain Major Eric Gramling uh, here uh, meeting with the ROTC cadets at Penn State University. And uh, thanks for joining us, Eric. It's my pleasure, Glenn. You have been listening to the Lion's Den University Reports. If you would like more information about the Christian life or would like to contact the Lion's Den or one of the guests, please write us at the Lion's Den, Post Office Box 226, Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania, 17844, or email ltcldur at yahoo.com.